This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. What's the biggest myth that you want to shatter for our listeners right now about your expertise is my first question. So, and I think that you probably have a bunch of them. You have to be involved as the owner. Like you can't just turn a blind eye to your financials, which I know so many owners that I'm like, when's the last time you looked at a PL? My CPA gave me one last January from last year. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're telling me you can't hire right now because you don't have enough revenue coming in to hire a new person. Right. When's the last time you looked at your financials? And say you start right off the bat. The biggest myth, I don't even know how to answer that question. What is the biggest myth? What's the biggest roadblock you run into when working with a new client? The biggest roadblock is the owner's not being on the same page or the owners. I mean, what it boils down to is the, (laughs) we need the owners bought in to what's happening in the business and understanding that there has to be a procedure or a process for everything that we do. Mm. And it starts at the top thinking that financial reports just magically appear without the proper workflow And that starts with the owner being on board and being part of creating Mm. that and encouraging that everybody is doing the same thing every day. I think that is a great myth is that I can own the business and not be involved in the day-to-day and not be involved in the financials and the business will take care of itself and my people will take care of everything for me. I think that is a great myth that we need to bust. You have to be involved. I tell people all the time, this is me personally. If I knew how involved I had to be in the financials to be the owner of a business, I would have gone and done sales for somebody else. Like I would have worked for somebody else because I don't like financials. I can't stand it. But sure. I had a mentor that for 12 months just beat it into me. Where's your PL and balance sheet? Where's your PL and balance sheet? What is this telling you? What is wrong with this? And I'm like, dude, stop. I don't like this stuff. And after a year of him making me eat my broccoli, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like this stuff now. I'd be lost if I didn't have a, I look at my financial statements twice a month, Yeah, you know, just to make sure. Because for me, the beginning of the month and the end of the month are different every single month. And like, for me personally, I look at them twice a month. Like this stuff needs to make sense. Oh, and absolutely. I make decisions based on it. So I drank the Kool-Aid is what I'm telling you. <laughs> but oh, for yeah. years I fought and fought and fought and fought. And most people do. I think that's one of the most rewarding things is when we start with a client, the owners, they can't read the financials. You hand it to them. They see the revenue. They see the bottom line, but they don't understand all the stuff in the middle. And so part of our goal is to teach an owner how to read their reports Mm. so that when their bookkeeper prints them and hands them to them, they can look at them and know exactly how much gross profit they had and why it's high or low they can pick it apart and see exactly what's happening and manage to the numbers. And seeing the progress from beginning and over time, the owners start, you see the light bulbs going off. And it's wonderful because they never understood it before. So that's one of our goals is to get it to that point. So the bookkeepers are putting things in the right place and the owners are understanding what to look for and when something's not in the right place. 
Yeah, no, I think that's great. Like having the information you need to make good decisions, but knowing if the information you have isn't any good, right? <laughs> right? Garbage yeah. in, garbage out. Yeah, and absolutely. You have to be involved in the process. So I love how you started with that, a checklist, like make sure everything is done. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. I mean, they might have 20 texts on the road. So they're a decent sized contractor. And they will tell me, oh yeah, we're not going to hit payroll this month because we had all these payables we didn't know about or we forgot. And so like, we've got to take care of this, keep our vendors happy. Yeah. And I'm like, how does this happen? How do you get the size you're at? So what I share that because even nobody's immune from this. Like you've got to have a process. Yep, you're right. I love that. Um, so how does someone figure out that process? Like, how does someone start that, put that process in place? The process of financials? Yeah, like the checklist and then knowing that I've got everything done. Like, what's, yeah. what's that look like? So, I mean, start at the beginning. If you're just getting started, the most obvious thing to start with is bank reconciliation, right? Mm -hmm. And then once you get that down, we're going to add something else. And then we're going to add the next thing, but you have to start with one thing and it can't be something that you just remember, oh, I do this every month. I'm just going to remember to do it. You have to have a physical list mm -hmm. because you have to be able to reconcile yourself with something. You can't just rely on your memory. Too many things happen in the course of a day or a week or a month yeah. to just think you're going to remember everything. So you have to have something to be accountable to. And that means you start at the beginning, you start with one thing and then you add something else. And until you get to the point where you have 25, 30 things to do to make sure everything's entered, to know that your reports are accurate. Someone told me one time, they said, your brain was designed for processing, not for storage. Right. And to sit there and remember all of the things you have to do. And I love what you said too, because you didn't say, you need to reconcile your books when you feel like it. You said monthly. <laughs> oh, every month. Yes. Every month. You every need to month. reconcile those books because how do you make decisions when you don't have solid financials? I mean, I believe that every single thing you do in business can be tied back to a dollar somewhere, whether it's revenue Absolutely. generated or expense created. But also, Ryan... The goal is that, so you're going to have your yearly goal, right? Of how much revenue you want to have, yeah. how much gross profit you want to have, how much net you want to have. But you can't manage on a yearly basis. You have to break that down, like you said, into bite-sized pieces, which means you have to have monthly goals. And with revenue trends, the revenue is not going to be the same every month throughout the year. It's yeah. going to be different based on seasons because we're a seasonal industry. So to be able to break that down and know exactly how much you have to have this month, how much you have to have next month and see the fluctuation. And then you manage each month based on what you need to make sure that you're reaching your goal for the whole year together. But it's got to be in bite-sized pieces. Mm. And the only way to do that is to make sure that every month you're recognizing everything that happened in that month. So you know exactly where you are and what you need to do the next month. It's amazing to me, and I've been doing this long enough, but it's amazing to me how the story that your financials tells 
can do so much for helping you either continue writing that story or start writing a new one going forward. Right. So yeah. It's incredible. Exactly. Because you might have a month that typically historically does really well, but then something crazy happens mm. and it's an unusually low November. Yeah. It doesn't match the trends. So then, you know, I've got to figure out something different to do next month to make up what didn't happen this month. I mean, you have to be prepared to uh, change courses based on what happens. And I would imagine the only way you can do that as the owner is if you're involved in this process. Absolutely. So what does that look like when you say involved in the process? You're not saying that they got to learn QuickBooks and go do bookkeeping. Oh, no. So what does involvement look like? (laughs) Involvement means that they have to know what's happening. They need to know how many jobs are going on, how many we have on hold waiting to be scheduled. Mm. They need to know that the managers are managing the departments, that the information is getting from the field to the office and from the the CSRs or the billing clerks to accounting. Mm. They need to know that the customers are being billed. They need to know that the vendors are being paid. You can't just walk in one day, like you said, and say, oh, why aren't we paying the bills? I mean, you you have to keep your finger on the pulse, right? Yeah. It's so interesting what you said. I think it was really insightful for me is that it's not just the bookkeeping that needs to happen. It's making sure that processes are working throughout the whole company, that the CSRs are doing their jobs, the techs are doing their jobs, the managers are doing their jobs, and everybody is sending the right information to you so that you can make good decisions. So it's not just about the cash in the bank account or what shows on the P&L. There is so much more data that needs to be collected and gathered to tell this story. Absolutely. And you know, one of the biggest, going back to the myth you were talking about, one of the biggest myths is that at the end of the day, all of the accounting getting to the right place is the responsibility of the bookkeeper. Hmm. I'm going to back that up a little bit. Yeah. Because bookkeepers are historians. We record data that's already happened. By the time that information gets to our desk, we shouldn't have to go out researching or looking for anything. Everything we need to know should be on what comes to us which means we need to know the customer's name. We need to know what department it goes to. We need to know what it was for, who purchased it. All the information needs to be at our fingertips. So when you give incomplete data to the bookkeeper Mm. and then they have to spend their time finding out where it came from and what it was for, (laughs) then you have inefficiencies in place. That never happens. Never happens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's such an interesting perspective for me, at least, is that when it comes to understanding the health of your business based on financials, there's so much more to it than just the historical record that the bookkeeper provides you. I mean, a P&L is, it's a historical record. Right. How do we use that information to go forward? And so how do people use that? So now they are understanding like how I collect all this information. What do they do with that information? Like how do they make better decisions? Well, you look at your, for instance, your P&L and I tell people all the time, I mean, the P&L is something you need to live in. That needs to be your living document every single day. That is the vitality of your company is your P&L. So you need to look at it constantly and determine, is my labor high? Are my Is my equipment high? Is my materials high? 
in comparison to your revenue. And that will give you, based on the percentages of those things, you'll know immediately whether your customers have been billed like they should have been, or maybe something was put in the wrong department from an equipment or material standpoint. Maybe we've got too much labor that we're paying the technicians that can't be applied to jobs Mm. that we can't bill for. I mean, you see the whole working dynamics of labor, cost of goods sold, everything right there to know, are we billing like we should be? Is our price high enough? Maybe we need to increase our labor rate. It's all right there in the P&L. Just the P&L will give you all of that information. So long as the information that helped you build the P&L. That's right. It's got to be accurate. <laughs> yeah. Which is why it starts from the top. We have to have the procedures in place and it's up to the owners and the managers to make sure that the technicians are doing their job and getting that information correctly to the bookkeeper. Yeah. So you know that I'm really passionate about helping companies hire technicians and the front line and the CSRs. And one of the things I hear a lot is, oh, I can't afford another technician or mm-hmm. I need more revenue. Or I need more customers before I can hire someone else. But I know I'm burning my existing technicians out and they're all working 60 hours a week and there's no money left. You know, my take on that is there's probably inefficiencies somewhere in your systems or your processes or that kind of thing. How do you challenge someone who has that mindset of, oh, I just can't afford another technician or I just got to keep doing things the way I am and they're not really open to change? Like, how do you work through that with one of your clients or how do you think a typical business owner should work through that? Well, I would challenge to say, if you're running your technicians to death, if they are going from call to call to call all day and working late every day, then I ask you, how much revenue are you missing on Mm. each of the calls they're going to? Because they're going so fast, they're not looking at everything. Mm. How much are you leaving on the table that you could be getting if you had them take more time? You have more technicians, they run less calls, they take more time on each call, so they're not missing anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could be leaving so much revenue on the table just by running them to death. That could be enough for one, two, three more technicians based on how many you're running already. And I would challenge them to look at that. Reminds me of that saying from the Navy SEALs, the slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just slowing down and getting your people help, a second set of eyes, you could have so much more opportunity. I mean, I think about the residential service contractors, how many upsell opportunities are they missing Absolutely. because they're going so fast just so they can get to the next job and close out the tickets because that's what you're focused on. Are you getting through your tickets through the day? Are you getting the jobs done fast enough? And you even mentioned, I mean, how many non-billable hours are you paying out versus opportunities that's lost for billable hours because your technicians are going so fast? Right, right. So many things that that impacts and that information is in your financials. Yes, it is completely. That's cool. So we've got this process. So I heard two things so far. Number one, you got to have a process for your bookkeeping and generating your financials. And you gave us some tips on that. But then there's the, you got to make sure everybody's doing their job and getting the right information to the right people and doing all of that. What's something that an owner can do 
someone listening to this right now that says, you know what? I'm going to go back to my team. You don't want to go back to your team and be like, here's all the new processes, follow them. Like, what's the next step for them that they can get their team to embrace this idea of collecting the right data, getting the right information so we can start making better decisions? So this is an interesting concept. I was talking just the other day with someone about this because I think that the owners need to have conversation with the source. They need to sit down with the bookkeepers and say, what do you need? How can I help you get what you need from me? Because a lot of times bookkeepers, they're kind of stuck in a hole and expect to just get everything put in and they don't feel comfortable necessarily speaking what they need. And so I think sometimes the owners have to sit down with them and say, Mm -hmm. what do you need from me? How can I help you make the financials more accurate? And then they take that information and maybe they go down, sit down with the service manager and say, hey, I really need you to review your guys' invoices every day and make sure that everything's on there that needs to be. I need you to verify that the invoices are correct before they ever get to the bookkeeper. Maybe they go to the install manager and say, I need you to make sure that the warehouse guy is separating what was pulled off the shelf versus what was ordered for a specific job. So the bookkeeper knows what to pull from inventory and what you know to list in a different way. And I think that all of that begins with conversation. I mean, they, they just yeah. need to have a conversation. I love it. And that's one the of the, the go-to things for me is just ask them. <laughs> Right. Talk to them, like have a conversation. And I love what you said. You have to remember. So we do a lot around behavioral analysis and understanding that people behave differently. Some people get really comfortable doing a podcast with video on. And some people are like, I don't really want to talk to anybody at all ever. Right. Like it's just right. different behaviors. And what we find is that good bookkeepers are typically in the latter group. They don't want to talk to a lot of people. They don't want to raise a ruckus. They don't want to raise their hand and say, hey, boss, I got an issue. It's just not natural for them. It's very uncomfortable. And if you don't have good rapport with your bookkeeper, you don't have a good relationship with them, they're never going to do that. So you have to go to them in a very non-confrontational way. Yeah. I've seen people do this. Like financials are a problem. They're a mess. You're a mess. Fix it. (laughs) It's like, no, that's not the way you do that with someone like that. And I love that you have that question of go to them and say, what do you need from me? Yes. What do you need from the team? to make your job easier. Like, I, I think that just caps out the whole thing. Like that's the next action you take is go to your bookkeeper and say, what do you need from me? Yeah. What do you uh, need from the team? That's and amazing. That's it. Yeah. Because you, I mean, you're exactly right. Bookkeepers are, they're data people. They're not mm. people people. Yeah. Now, some of them may be, you know, maybe they're the best of both worlds and they love people and data, but that's not typical. Most people, they like to get in their spreadsheets. They like to get in and that's their comfort zone. Yeah. So you have to go to them. I love that. And so just having a conversation with your team about what they need and what they can do to support the people that need it. Because after the bookkeeper tells you what they need, you got to go to your team and say, okay, what can you do to get them the information they need? That's right. Yeah. And then you can have better financials. You can make better decisions about your business and you can actually achieve your goals. That's right. Did I summarize everything you just said? Uh, uh, thank you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Adrian, this was awesome. I know there are people that are listening right now that are going to want to get a hold of you. They're like, okay, this is cool, but I need help. How do people learn about you? They can go to bdrco.com okay. and find out anything they need. 
and they can get a hold of you there and everything, maybe a form or a phone number. Yes. All of the team members are listed in there. Yep. Awesome. They should be able to get in touch with anybody at BDR. Cool. Well, hey, I really enjoyed this conversation today. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by bluecollarculture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to bluecollarculture.com.